0: i uh-huh. uh-huh. And welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Two Towers, one last episode at a time. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson.
1: And I'm Norman Mitchell.
0: And uh, we are here on Friday, the end of our wrap-up week, uh, talking a little bit more about our general thoughts on this movie. Um, We have two more questions uh, posed by people in our listener group that I wanted to save for the end because I thought that they were, they're good, like, you know, end of the week questions.
1: They're good closers.
0: Yeah. So um, the first one uh, comes from Paul Lee, um, and he posted this uh, a couple weeks ago, um, and I wanted to save it for our discussion for this week. It was in relation to Minute 203 when we were talking about Sam vs. Frodo, like, the hero thing. Mm. So his question is, are the Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings movies telling the same stories as Tolkien's book? And aside from, like, a general, like, yes, I wanted to, like, get into
1: right and, uh, the,
0: the nitty-gritty of that because I think it's a really cool question and I think it's worth talking about as far as, like, an adaptation and the source material goes.
1: Right, because broad strokes, yes, it's, it's the same narrative. He's telling the same story. Right. That's not exactly what this question might mean. Right. Like when I hear this question, I'm not thinking, well, yeah, of course, like this happens and this happens and this happens. Right. Like we're getting from point A to point B. Is the nature of the story fundamentally different? And in some ways, yes, I think they are fundamentally different because they ultimately have to be to make the jump from page to screen.
0: Right. That's that's part of the risk of adaptation is making sure that it translates well from one media to another.
1: Yeah, something that they try to get across constantly in the the vignettes and the the featurettes and the the commentary on these DVD sets is that pretty much everyone involved felt like as written these books were unfilmable.
0: No, I agree with that.
1: Because they're so packed with there's just a lot that happens and And
0: i like the structure i mean we just talked we just talked a whole episode about the structure of the timeline of books what is it three and four yeah the 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 two halves of the story that make up the The two two towers. towers and as written it doesn't work because What works in uh, um, prose might not necessarily translate to um, the screen.
1: Right, because you have very different tactics for building tension.
0: Right. And you have different tools at your disposal. Also, like.
1: And time is a limiting factor Mm -hmm. in a movie. Not that Peter Jackson didn't try to stretch that.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Papa Peach. Thanks. (laughs) With your. Freaking three-hour-long movie.
1: <laughs> and now every big action movie it's, is three hours oh long. Oh,
0: God. I miss when an action movie was, like, 90 minutes. Like, we're in, we're out. We're right. We're done.
1: Boom. Like, a cinematic like a, experience was, like, two hours like tops. Like, a
0: freaking walk in the park.
1: Yeah. Now everything is, like, two hours and 55 minutes. I
0: know. Just, like, oh, God.
1: Two hours and 30
0: minutes. Just hit me over the head like with even, that frying pan. Like, of Guardians of the line.
1: Galaxy is, like, a two-hour and 20-minute movie.
0: Yeah. For better... Or for worse, like Lord of the Rings has made its its mark on cinematic history.
1: Right, like Titanic and the Green Mile like came out first. Right, and they were, but those were like I mean, like Oscar and, bait movies in
0: the in the history of of, of film, we've had longer movies, but right. like you know, we also had like audience. But they were always, <laughs> but like they
1: were pretty much always like big, like dramas, not action movies. Uh, yeah, like Titanic.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking like Gone with the Wind. Like I'm thinking like, but that's that's a drama.
1: That's not like that's not an action movie. That's not like an edge of your seat action movie. That's character drama. I freaking wish it was. (laughs) (laughs) However long that movie is, six hours, Uh, five hours. No,
0: it's not six hours. I would have died. I watched it. I watched it in high school for extra credit, and I hated it
1: because the iconic line is the last
0: line well no it's not the last line but it's one of the last lines and by the time that happened i was just like yeah you go my dude you tell her because good god i do not give a damn about scarlet
1: apparently you're just not supposed to
0: it's horrible i you know i'll watch it again maybe eventually i feel like i was too young to appreciate that movie (laughs) properly
1: i don't know man but like so, like, even, even like, family blockbusters are, like, two hours long now.
0: I know. Oh, my God.
1: And that's that's probably because of this.
0: This Harry Potter. Because,
1: um... like, this showed that, like, a kid will sit in the theater and watch it if it's good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's engaging, they'll sit there and watch the damn thing. Yep. <laughs> so, this, I mean, and then you have movies that, like, did this and were super long, but then were just didn't, just didn't bear fruit. Right monetarily like the golden compass
0: god every time i think about that movie i get upset because the cast is so good
1: god but that movie is not really no it's not it's just like uh, well now this is happening
0: Ah, uh, anyway so like
1: it's just like patrick stewart is a bear He's <laughs> <laughs> like literally a polar bear he's a giant he's a giant polar bear a panzer bone right isn't that what they're called i think so that first book
0: is so good, and then the other ones are just like, Ooh, "Yikes!" Um, <laughs> welcome to Golden Compass minute.
1: <laughs> I know, man. Like the cast of that movie is like incredible, and uh, then it's just like, "But what happened?" Daniel
0: Craig and Nicole Kidman, dude.
1: Yeah, Daniel Craig is great.
0: Ah, uh, Nicole Kidman is great. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, but yeah. So I, I think fundamentally, you have to be telling a different story. In well, in a in a visual medium,
0: I dis I disagree. Um. I think like literally no. We're like we literally talked about how like the story has changed in the translation from book to screen. But I think thematically yes. Uh cuz at the end of the day like you get into the 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 like nitty gritty plot stuff of stories, but to me a, the the biggest takeaway of a story is um like its themes and the way that it impacts the viewer or the reader or the listener.
1: Oh, yeah. And I, I think that it's very much in keeping with the themes. And of I think
0: that thematically the and like in the spirit of the work itself, I think that these movies, more than most book to film adaptations, uh, fulfill that.
1: Right. At least adaptations that are adapting something so long.
0: Well, my, my go to. Not to shit all over the Harry Potter movies, um, because that's not this show. Well, but like, how
1: absurd is like the fourth Harry Potter movie.
0: Not even the fourth one. Like the
1: Or the climax of the fifth one the as thing, it was presented on the thing on screen.
0: that I've 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 um grown to appreciate the older that I've gotten is because like when you're a kid and you're so in love with this book, mm. you you like read the book over and over again. You, like, memorize everything about this book, whether it's Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter or frickin' the Golden Compass, what have you. Um,
1: or those Jedi Apprentice novels.
0: Yeah. Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> I loved those.
0: <laughs> what, the, like, solo twin ones or whatever? No, like,
1: there, there's, like, a Jedi Apprentice novel series that's, like, about young Obi-Wan, like, as Qui-Gon's Apprentice.
0: What? Are you serious? Yeah.
1: They're not very good. Oh Damn. <laughs> But I was like obsessed with them oh when I was in middle school,
0: you know there's this um there's this series that I was into called like Ranger's Apprentice, and I think it was like very loosely based on um Lord of the Rings mm. and i I remember being super into them, but i don't I don't remember if I like imagined them if it's like a weird fever dream that I just had or they actually exist because I haven't seen one in the wild in so long. But like
1: that's <laughs> just like Animorphs. I forgot about you.
0: How do you how do you forget about animorphs?
1: I'm just like using an example of like oh. a book from like my childhood. Oh no. Like I've never like I just gave all my Animorphs and Goosebumps books to the thrift store, but like I haven't seen an Animorphs book in years. Have you
0: not been to like a public book? Except library? for the ones
1: I own like like in a in a thrift store or anything. Oh. oh, oh. Or like the used bookstore here in town, like or any used bookstore I've ever been in, I, like there's never animorph stuff on the shelves of used bookstores.
0: There's always anim, like animorphs and Goosebumps, man.
1: Goosebumps books, yeah, everywhere. But like animorphs books, it feels like everyone who bought them is still hoarding them somewhere <laughs> in the closet, um, or like they disappear quickly.
0: My point being, like, if you are you are you like have this this thing that you like idolize and like you like build your personality around, and like you know ways that you do when you're you're younger yeah um and then they're like making a movie about it and you're like oh my god it's never going to live up to what you have in your head no it's never going to live up to like the shot for shot thing that you see in your brain when you're reading the book well
1: it didn't have tom bombadil
0: that's not that's not the point norman get out of here but i and that's okay like i think it took me it took me a while, and taking a class specifically about adaptation theory in college to realize that like that a this is never gonna it's never gonna live up to your expectations, and b sometimes that's fine mm uh because I feel like when a movie that's based on a really well beloved source material uh whether it be a book or a comic or a TV show or something um it's it's a change in the media so it's never going to be exactly the same it can't because otherwise you're just like transcribing a book and filming it which sounds like the most boring thing in the world you have to make sure that that story like you take the essence of what makes that thing good and you try and recreate it in a different way mm like you're taking a sculpture and turning it into a painting or vice versa you know
1: right you can't get the same exact effect
0: right and sometimes it's done well and sometimes it's done okay and sometimes Not so well. it's done like oh god why did we do that
1: <laughs> right but then like there's there's adaptations of books that i remember watching the movies of when i was in like middle school mm. like the Bridge to Terabithia.
0: Oh God! Can we and, not
1: talk about and that? And where the red f- red fern grows. <laughs> oh my God! That are goodness. just like exactly the book, because those books are like super short, right? And for kids, which well, makes I mean, the, like
0: the animated Hobbit movie.
1: Yeah, is like a one for one adaptation, just about.
0: And that's that. Sometimes that works, but like it also and hey, depends on your. It's source also like material. ninety
1: minutes long, Peter Jackson.
0: <laughs> that's not entirely his fault.
1: <laughs> no, it's not, but. They made a Hobbit animated movie that's 90 minutes long and tells the whole story.
0: <laughs> that's what Bilbo Baggins says.
1: That's what Bilbo Baggins says.
0: His hates. shitty adaptations.
1: I guess. <laughs> like, they
0: put his plates away.
1: Like, they did it. It, it was done in, like, the... What, the 70s? The 70s, or whatever. Leonard Nimoy wrote a song.
0: <laughs> no, not in that one. That's the greatest adventure. I know.
1: I just like to to remember that... Leonard Nimoy wrote a song about Bilbo Baggins.
0: Oh man. Like I don't even know if he
1: wrote it, but he performed it.
0: The whole and the whole point is not to like to me, I think a successful adaptation doesn't one for one copy everything that happened in the source material. I think it takes the S es- like the spirit of that and like tells an entertaining story.
1: Dude, why is Bridget Terabithia like required reading for middle school? I kids? don't
0: know. It's horrible.
1: Just, oh, your best friend's dead.
0: My God. The children die
1: one does yeah
0: oh man have you ever seen the play like she
1: falls in a shallow river and breaks her. a rock have
0: you ever seen the play no because that scarred me for life i bet i like hadn't had to read the book yet and we went to go see this like youth theater freaking oh, youth theater
1: yeah and like and shiloh <laughs> oh my god oh man like why do you read all this scarring stuff in middle school <laughs> it's
0: horrible. Here's the most horrible three years of your life, and we're going to make it more traumatizing for yeah. you.
1: Here, like, dead pets and dead friends. Here you go. Oh,
0: my God. You're edgy, right? No! We're soft children.
1: I just want the dogs to be okay. I
0: know, right? Oh, my God. I don't know. I think at at their hearts, they're they are telling the same story. Because ultimately, what is the story? It's about, you know, good triumphing over evil and like, you know, a, a person, an ordinary person doing extraordinary
1: things. Yeah, and I think in a, in a very broad stroke sense, like it's telling the same story. And like those sorts of... And there's thousands of stories that are telling that same story.
0: Yeah. And like in our breakdown of this movie in particular, because I feel like this movie is the weakest of the three. Norman will fight me on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I feel like this movie both accomplishes things well and does a few things that I would like them to do better. Faramir. <clears throat> uh, just...
1: I mean, I agree that Faramir could have been done better. Yeah. They were they were crunched for time, right. not necessarily right. by and fault we've, of their own. we've
0: gone into into why that was, but, like, at the end of the day, you can talk about why that was all you want, but, like, But this all, is what we have. This is what we have. This is the finished product. Yeah. Not, like, not... This isn't even, like... The finished product. This is like the hyper finished product.
1: Yeah, I this mean, this is like arguably extended editions are in some ways less editions finished are like, product Or like
0: director's cuts, like especially director's cuts, like directors like this is what the this is the movie that they wanted to present, but they needed to cut it down because or of-
1: they needed to change things. Like sometimes director's cuts like incredibly change the narrative of the movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, um, the director's cut of Blade Runner changes the way, like, changes the way you can see the movie by, like, making some things blatant and some things more confusing. Mm. So, like, it it recontextualizes parts of the movie uh, in a way that I never really liked. I always liked the original theatrical version of Blade Runner.
0: I'm pretty sure there is a Blade Runner minute.
1: Yes, there is. Uh, I'm in their listener group, although I haven't gotten around to listening to many of their episodes yet.
0: Mm. Are they doing the director's cut?
1: Um, I think so. I would have to double check. Uh, but the one of the big one of the biggest differences between different cuts of that movie is that the theatrical version has like inner monologues, mm. and then other versions don't.
0: Interesting, like like a noir, like yeah.
1: And I eat that shit up.
0: She walked into my office just legs in a dress, <laughs> whatever.
1: <laughs> like, and I, I eat that shit up. I love I love the inner monologue thing. Mm. I don't know why. That's I just why do. you
0: like Rorschach.
1: Yeah, probably. <laughs> I no, love that, that's
0: absolutely true.
1: He's like a weird.
0: He's a walking, like messed up. He's
1: a noir hero, noir... just like turned up to eleven,
0: like <laughs> noir archetype.
1: Yeah, just turned all the way up so as how, extra as you can how get. How edgy
0: can we take this? Right. The answer is extremely boring. just
1: all the way. Just like razor. Just, uh, just like ancient arrowheads, just half a molecule <laughs> thick. Just.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: how did we do this?
0: But I don't. I don't know. Like. I think and 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 re revisiting these movies with the context, like because I even when I was a kid watching these after recently reading the books, I aside from like very minor things i I remember walking away very impressed. yeah, um and
1: I the, think most people did uh, the only- same
0: this and the same could not be said of some of the Harry Potter movies that came out around the same time.
1: I think so, the first one still holds up.
0: What, the first Harry Potter movie? Yeah. Well, you haven't seen it in a while, have you?
1: I watched it before I guessed it on Harry Potter Minute.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, that's like nostalgia goggles. Like,
1: overall, I think that, that first movie still holds up pretty well.
0: My my biggest thing- I think thing... It,
1: accompli- it accomplishes what it clearly was set out to do.
0: That's fair. I, I remember reacting viscerally to uh, the way that the third movie changed- um, all the things that oh, yeah, had been too. established in the the second one, but revisiting it as like not a thirteen year old.
1: I actually, I actually still don't like that they started wearing plain clothes.
0: Like, I think you should rewatch it because to me now that's like the best one of the bunch.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I should rewatch more and of those like, movies. I
0: think that I
1: remember the one that I actually like really disliked the most. Because the book was fresh in my mind when I saw it, was Chamber of Secrets.
0: That's too long.
1: Like, like just being like, what is this?
0: <laughs> but, again, not our show. They're yeah. coming back with Prisoner of Azkaban And there's soon. no
1: peeves, and that still bothers me. Yeah,
0: that's true. They, uh, I mean, uh, what's his name? Steve Close, the guy who wrote all those movies. Mm. So, whatever. Curse you, Steve Close! <laughs> I can't believe I still remember that. My friend and I were like obsessed with like breaking down the movie scripts in the books, but like, you know, you're always going to be attached to uh, the thing, like the, the original, the original aspect of the media that made you fall in love with the story to begin with. Mm. And, you know, for some people, the books are always going to be better than the movies. And for some people, the movies are always going to be better than the books. And I think it just depends on what you're exposed to first and the way that i don't know like what resonates with you the first time you watch it or read it you know
1: yeah i mean cuz things that resonated with me from the the book version of lord of the rings that like i'm never going to forget even if i forget details in between are like how how interested i was and invested in the first part of the story with just the hobbits like the part of the story and like not just tom bombadil But like the part of the first, the part of the Fellowship of the Ring that I most miss still from the books to the movie is the stuff on the Barrow Downs. Mm -hmm. Because I think that is a great establishment of the shadow to come in the story. Mm -hmm. And it's something we don't have in the movie.
0: Right.
1: Like that's one of those places where I'm just like, this is, this is a thing that they should have adapted.
0: Well, I mean, and you know, for reasons known or unknown, it ended up on the cutting room floor. Yeah. And I
1: just to to move the story into the whole fellowship being together quicker.
0: Mhm. Yeah, because that movie, I mean, it's the shortest of the bunch, but it's already like yeah, so long. It would
1: have had to have been like 20, 25 minutes longer.
0: I mean, that's almost a, a whole like if your if your movie's like 90 minutes, like that's almost an act of your three acts, like yeah. <laughs>
1: I mean, Fellowship is still over two hours. Right. It's still two and a half hours long.
0: Yeah, the theatrical. So, I don't, like, and I I don't know if that necessarily works better in a, a book form. Maybe they, like, tried and they're just like, well, you know, it's better for the our movie to move quickly from, like, you know, here's the Shire, isn't it beautiful, to, like, oh, God, terrible things are happening. Right,
1: and I guess, like, arguably the Barrow Downs is... Like, it is a threat on the edge of the Shire that makes it feel like it's closer to danger than maybe they are going for in the movie.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, because they don't have the scouring of the Shire. They don't have, like, the whole, the, the purpose that the Shire plays in the movie is different than the purpose that it plays in the books.
1: Right, because in the books, the point is that even these places will still be touched by war.
0: Right. And then the the point in the movie is that like, you know, this is an idyllic thing that we are fighting to protect.
1: Yeah. Like and that's like a fundamental difference in some of the in some of the way the story plays out. Right. I, I think that like in a broad stroke sense, yes, it's telling the same kind of story. But like in a nitty-gritty way, it's, it's not It's never
0: gonna be the same. It's
1: yeah, it's not really telling the same story, in part because they've changed the focus in a way. Even if the messaging is still kind of the same. What do you mean? They've changed the focus in the way that a movie can track character development in a way that is more obvious. Because you can because seeing it versus reading it, there are things you can pick up in, on in a performance that you don't necessarily pick up on just reading dialogue.
0: I disagree. I think a book has um more room to breathe as far as character development and stating the obvious whereas when you're watching a performance it's much more subtle
1: but i think that's a benefit to character development i think subtlety is a benefit to character right, development. but you were
0: saying in a movie it's much more obvious than in a book where i i disagree with that
1: uh i i don't know i t- i think a visual media is more obvious even if it's subtle which i know sounds like a contradiction yeah But, like, (laughs) you still pick up on subtle performances and changes in character, like, in visual media, Mm. even without knowing exactly why it's happening. It's still something you notice. Even if you don't, like, actively notice it, it's still something that affects the way you view things. Yeah. Like, visuals affect you in an indirect way, in a way that can be stronger than text.
0: I don't know if I agree with that.
1: I I don't know. I I think that when you break stuff down, a visual media can have a stronger effect than a textual media.
0: I mean, I agree with that, but like I as far as developing character goes, I feel like books have a lot more freedom and leeway to describe how that character is growing whereas with a movie, a movie especially, you only have a, a limited amount of time and like, you know, a limited number of shots that you know c- to communicate the same thing but i think there's a little more uh, leeway with text
1: i don't I, I think that even when it's subtle like the visuals of a performance can be more explicit about the nature of changes
0: all right That's i guess magic. we just
1: kind of disagree there
0: yeah all because right.
1: like you can say that someone feels sickly like and describe them as sickly in a book but like seeing it is a much stronger is a much stronger thing i think
0: but it it serves the same purpose
1: right but i think like an a hard and fast visual makes it more tangible makes it more like i don't know that's what i'm going for it's like because visuals are more tangible and they add concrete they add concrete imagery to things
0: but like so does a good description
1: yeah i also think that like visual media has the advantage of everyone analyzing it is speaking like speaking the same language when it comes to the description As opposed to interpretations in their own mind about what things look like. And I think that's a benefit to analysis as well. All right. Because you all have, like, a solid thing to work off of.
0: Yeah, you have the text. It's literally spelled out in front of you. Right. In black and white.
1: (laughs) Yes. But the same sentence can mean five different things to ten different people. Right.
0: And the same image can mean five different things to ten different people.
1: I think visuals make it a closer Again, it's, approximation. It's, it's
0: it's like adaptation. Like you're you're you approach a book in a different way than you approach a movie.
1: Yes, that's true. I I think I don't I guess this is just something we're going to disagree about. Like I I think in general visuals elicit a stronger reaction because they can elicit but a more reaction. where do you think the visual reaction. came from? Well, yeah. But I think once you make it a visual, you can elicit a different type and a stronger kind of reaction. Because it can be more widespread. And it's less open to interpretation than text.
0: But, like, when you're reading, you're making up the visuals in your brain as you're right. reading. Like, the, the text is eliciting a, a visual for you. So I don't... Okay. All right. <laughs> I just... I don't understand. I don't... I don't agree.
1: <laughs> I, I I think we're just going to disagree It's Gollum there. all
0: over again. It's
1: Gollum. It, it's fate and Gollum.
0: Huh? don't say that four letter
1: word <laughs> we had another question
0: yes no I, I I really appreciate this question and I think it's worth thinking about and I think it's worth coming back to as we finish up the yeah. series as a whole next time so thank you very much Paul
1: right like do we think that to this point in the story does it still feel like they're telling the same sort of story and then we'll get back to I think the the
0: middle bit of the story is the most contentious part because of the things that they change.
1: And the things that they moved around. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, ultimately, I think one of the biggest changes that carries through into like fundamentally changing the way this story is put together is making Aragorn as much a reluctant hero as Frodo is. Mm-hmm. Like, changes the structure of the narrative,
0: right? Incredibly,
1: like that—that that is a fundamental yeah. change.
0: I guess, like, if you break it down to each character, like Lewis and Gimli, their story is the same. Right, Aragorn. Not so much,
1: and I think that the the movie version of this story makes some of the character development for Mary and Pippin easier to track Mm. because it's not because it's in a lot of ways they're just treated by secondary characters and big swaths of the text, right? So I think that this these movies make some of their character development more explicit
0: because it's visual, not textual. (laughs)
1: No, just, I mean, because we get, like, we get clear places where we can see it in the performance.
0: Yeah, it's visual.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes.
0: Oh my god. I'm still like, uh, just question mark, question mark, question mark?
1: What? It's fine. We can disagree there.
0: (laughs) Uh, you know that still frame of the bird in the nature documentary and it's just got, like, three question marks above its head?
1: Just, no, the Pikachu face. That's me. Just...
0: No, I'm not surprised. I'm just like bewildered.
1: <laughs> bewildered. The bird with the big feather behind it that looks like a surprise, like another face.
0: <laughs> um, and we have, well, I have a question after this one, but this one's a this one's from the listener group. Um, Adam, I'm sorry if we I butcher your last name. Adam Liebrick Johnson asks, "How has your view of Lord of the Rings changed since beginning of this project?"
1: Uh. Well, I think I have some more appreciation for smaller changes they made Mm -hmm. from doing this so in-depth. And while I still kind of disagree with the way they went about changing Faramir, I think it was better for the movie.
0: What?
1: Because it adds tension to Frodo and Sam's story.
0: But we spent the entire movie being like, this sucks.
1: Yeah, because I don't like the way they went about it. But I think like changing him to not be so helpful is good for their narrative in general because they do need an obstacle for this part of the story. And if you're not going to do Shelob...
0: Give them a rest for pity's sake.
1: <laughs> you know, then they just, like, disappear for a movie.
0: Yeah. Well, no, they don't because you have to introduce Ar- uh, Faramir.
1: Yeah, but if he's less helpful, it adds tension to their story. And if he is helpful, then they have less to do in this movie and they practically disappear from it.
0: Just let them have a garden party. (laughs) I know that's not the point, but like...
1: You needed to create an obstacle for them. Yeah. Did it have to be Faramir? No. But if you're not going to do Shelob and you don't want to create a new character whole cloth... Yeah. Like, this was like the next best thing, I guess.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: And it mostly suffers from the fact that it's so muddled. In some of the, the way he's shown it have, just
0: It just feels so like hodgepodge.
1: Yeah. It, it's muddled from like them not having the proper time to like really. To, they they couldn't do a lot of rewrites around it because of how late they cast David Wenham. Right. So they were just kind of stuck with some of these scenes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they couldn't do a lot of like rewrites. They imply that there are other things in this movie, but they don't call them out directly that they would have rewritten if they had the time. Mm-hmm. But they don't really call them out like Peter Jackson just kind of says in the commentaries just you know things happen like things kind of fall the way they do and when it has to do with props and special effects that are already unordered or an actor that's cast late sometimes you don't have the time to rewrite things so when you do do rewrites you have to rewrite them around things you'd rather not keep
0: right which is difficult yeah because then you're just like stuck on like oh well, what if I could change this then everything would be so much better
1: but I can't change this because like we filmed it and the props gone or we filmed it. And then this actor's not available to do pickups to do this rewrite. So we just have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all kinds of things going to stuff like that. And I guess that's one of the, the detriments to filming these, these movies all at a time. Yeah. Because it meant like their, their schedule with seven units was so packed across these 18 months. Right. That when things needed to change in a big way, they probably had they, i can't imagine the amount of work it took to like redo something major mm-hmm. which means that they must have gone out of their way to just be like nope, we're going to keep it <laughs> but I, I think i just have more appreciation for like why they made some of the changes they did talking it out with somebody and like with other guests and stuff but for the most part like i don't think it is making me like love these movies any more or less mm. because i still just love these movies
0: yeah i think for me um
1: I mean, the biggest thing for you is like appreciating Boromir so much yes, more.
0: Yes, Lord of the Rings in general. Um, my like very like sudden and like visceral <laughs> attachment to like Boromir's character. Um, because I, as a teenager watching these for the first time, I did not like him. Um, I don't know what was wrong with me, but like.
1: <laughs> Boromir is a soft boy in a hard place.
0: Yeah. I just, you know, I just wasn't interested in a character like him because he is so different than some of these other characters. Mm. The same cannot be said for movie Faramir. Um, I feel like they go a little too gray area on Faramir to the point where I'm just like, ah, you don't really fit here. Uh, I'm not. I'm not quite sure that you fit here. Um, and it's. I think it's just this movie because he's fine in the next one. Yeah. Um, but we'll get into that. Um, I think that I appreciate, I appreciate revisiting it like this and, and discuss, like, I like that we, we still have things to talk about, um, with this story. Mm. Like over 50 years since its publication, over 10 years since the movies came out. Like, I like that there's still stuff that we have to say that we can like apply to our day-to-day lives or like human nature or nature in general i think i think we'll have more to say about this question when we hit return of the king yeah but i think like in the i think ever since those hobbit movies came out i just realized how much i appreciated lord of the rings more because <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh wow we're going back to middle earth and it's just like oh god We're going back to Middle Earth. (laughs) Why, though? Didn't we, like, say all we needed to about this uh, 15 years ago? Um, But I think, I wouldn't say that my view of Lord of the Rings has changed generally. I just find new things that I'm able to appreciate Mm. and um, pick apart, I guess, like the media scavengers that we are. (laughs) So I have a question for you, Norman. Yep is covering it minute by minute is two towers still your favorite movie yeah okay
1: yeah absolutely because i i the the strength of some of the characters that we meet in this movie is what endeared me to it in the first place like Theoden. Mm-hmm. uh i do love eowyn although that one moment is dumb
0: i appreciate eowyn more okay good job guests good job zoe <laughs> <laughs> I, I do appreciate Awen more. Awen deserves better. Um And she gets it. Yeah.
1: And that's part of the point. Like she's like, I talked about this already this this week. Like she's she's not just like trapped as a character in a in a in this situation. Right. Like the narrative boxes her in on purpose. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm I'm interested to see if that holds up going into Return of the King. Mm. Um I I mean we haven't covered the third one yet, but this one's still on the bottom for me. Mm. I I think Fellowship is just more fun.
1: Well, it has the...
0: Fellowship's, like, way more fun.
1: Well, yeah, because uh, it's got a different tone because it's the beginning of the story. Like, if I,
0: if I wanted to watch, like, a single Lord of the Rings movie, just, like, pop one on, I think mine is still Fellowship. Mm. Even though Return of the King is, like, my favorite.
1: You know, uh, if I was just going to throw one in to watch... This isn't the one to just throw into watch and watch the movie by itself. I, really? I still would never do that. Like, really? Yeah. Even though it's my favorite one, like, this is not a movie that I would just throw into watch in the background. Because the strength of this movie... The strength of this movie comes together when you watch it in close proximity to the other two. Like, it does what it's supposed to do as an act two.
0: That's fair. You like act is way more than me.
1: That's also true. Although, like... Jedi is actually my favorite of the Star Wars trilogy.
0: Return of the Jedi?
1: Yeah. I love Return of the Jedi.
0: All right. You just like murder bears.
1: It's not even the <laughs> it's not the Ewoks. Uh I'm a I'm a real sucker for the I love the the first part of that movie on Tatooine. Mm. And then I love the I love the end of the movie with Luke and Vader.
0: Yeah, that's fair.
1: So, I don't know. Like Jedi's always been my favorite Star Wars movie.
0: We should rewatch those.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have them on blue right now.
0: Hell yeah, we do. That's what we're doing for the hiatus. <laughs> Just
1: watching Star Wars, <laughs> catching
0: up on Star Wars minute. <laughs> Boom. Um, and what, uh, what are you looking forward to the most about Return of the King?
1: Oh, dude. Um, like, I'm, if you
0: were a guest on our own show, I
1: mean, I would want to talk about Sam killing She-Love. Okay. Like. I would just want to talk about that. That's probably the, that, that's probably my favorite moment in in Return of the King. It's either that or um, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. And then, of course, the thing that always makes me cry, mm. you better know one. Like if I, actually, you know, if I was going to be a guest, I'd be like, no, I want to talk about that. Like you better know one.
0: I hope you're ready for some man
1: tears. That's right.
0: <laughs> I am very excited about my boy Pippin.
1: about mm. that song.
0: Yeah, I was like Ghost Army, and I was like, "No, dude, hello, <laughs> your favorite part."
1: <laughs> so Pippin sing that sad song.
0: Yes, it's so good. Mm. I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts, comments, concerns, questions?
1: No, I think I'm complaints. Think I'm good. Well, grievances. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll be back in uh, sometime in 2019.
0: Yeah. Um if you are a Patreon subscriber, we will be back in a couple weeks with a theatrical review of *Return of the King* because we don't like to sleep. Uh.
1: And then, like a, a trickle of, of extra second breakfast. Yes, content. and
0: we've um, we've uh, we've made tentative plans to review the um, the the Rankin Bass and, and Ralph Bakshi um, *Lord of the Rings* animated movies. Mm. Um, I'm a little excited and trepidatious because I've never seen these, so uh, that'll be fun.
1: We should see if Rick and Julia want to do a a cross-podcast review of Mortal Engines.
0: Yeah, we've we've talked about that a little bit, so stuff to look forward to if you have not yet subscribed to our Patreon um, and have the means to do so. We would really appreciate it. Uh, And we will attempt to, you know, make it worth your while. (laughs) Yeah. There's also a bunch of other content on there, like Scott Pilgrim versus the Minute, which I co-host with Nick Scott, Brian Green, and um, Gary from uh, Harry Potter Minute. Um, and it's sometimes it's all five of us, and sometimes it's like three of us. Uh, it's super casual. We do Scott Pilgrim versus the World one minute at a time. It's a lot of fun. It's a very different vibe from this show. I'm usually drinking alcohol. Uh- <laughs> Um, so if you are into that, that's like a dollar, a dollar a month for four, four episodes. So you pay 25 cents an episode and it's a lot of fun. And then the $3 tier gets you a bunch of the Spider-Man minute content. It gets you the Cornetto minute stuff. Um, it gets you our backlog of stuff. And then the $5 uh, uh, tier gets you all the Geek by Night extra content. Which is super cool. And there's other tiers beyond that as well. Um, If you are looking for another Movies by Minutes podcast to listen to, we have your back over on MoviesByMinutes.com. Got a plethora of shows to choose from. I think
1: there's over a hundred now.
0: In the downtime. Thank you guys so much for supporting us, uh, being our Sam, getting us through this. You know, like, it's it's a lot of fun talking about Lord of the Rings, but it's also a lot of work. Yeah. So, we appreciate your feedback, we appreciate your listenership, and uh, we appreciate your help and your feedback. So, if you haven't joined our listener group, we, we encourage it. We really like hearing from you guys. We really like interacting with you guys. If you don't have a Facebook, we're on Twitter, at L-O-T-R Minute. I'm not as good as checking that as I am on the Facebook, but we'll get back to you. Um, the our email uh, is on the site as well if you want to get in touch the old-fashioned way. Old-fashioned, I say.
1: <laughs> and... <laughs> not using that new-fangled social media.
0: No. No. Never. Kids these days with their podcasts and their Twitters. But... Again, we really appreciate you guys. It's kind of bittersweet getting to the end of this, even though I've been, like, looking forward to it for a while. (laughs) But thank you so much, and we'll be back in the new year with Return of the King.
1: Sometime in the new year. Yeah. Not, not like, in the new year, but, like, we'll be... I
0: said in the new year, not on the new year.
1: Yeah, but usually that means, like...
0: In the in the year to come.
1: In the year to come, sometime in the next three hundred and sixty-five days. We
0: can't wait to slay a spider with you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.